And I think that all sunscreens should be saying this, make sure it says broad spectrum on the label. And I do recommend at least SPF 30. I do know that there have been some studies that have shown that if you are going to be outside for prolonged periods of time, higher SPF really do make a difference. There's a myth that say, oh, above 30 or above 50, it doesn't matter, but it does matter. And I think one of the big reasons it does matter is because people are really bad at reapplying. Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more, curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in because this is how dermatologists talk skin. Hi everyone, quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hi, Skin Friend. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Skin Rail. This week, I am really excited to have my colleague, Dr. Mamina Terregano, joining me on the podcast to discuss a somewhat controversial topic, at least controversial in the public, and that's whether sunscreen causes cancer and if it is, in fact, safe to use. Now, there have been reports in the media, reports in the news that sunscreen can actually cause cancer instead of preventing it. And I have a lot of patients, a lot of people coming to me alarmed by these reports, not sure what to believe, who to believe, and most importantly, concerned on whether they really should be applying sunscreen at all. Dr. Mamina is a triple board certified internal medicine doctor, dermatologist, and dermatopathologist with extensive training in integrative dermatology. And I love how she blends Western medicine with her Japanese heritage to beautifully help patients maintain healthy, beautiful skin through a more holistic, integrative approach. You are definitely not going to want to miss this episode. Hi there. Did you know that many of the topics I bring to you on the Skin Reel are things I actually see and treat in my office as a practicing board-certified dermatologist? That's right. At Bakum and Mina Derm Surgery, my business partner and I are on a mission to provide exceptional procedural dermatology care in Atlanta, Georgia. We offer skin cancer surgery to large cyst and lipoma removals, to injectables, chemical peels, microcoring, and more advanced techniques with things like liposuction, eyelid lifts, neck lifts, lip lifts, and so much more. But most of all, we love helping our patients transform their skin with real results. You know me, I am all about real skincare by real skin experts, real simple. If you're in the Atlanta area, I hope you'll stop by and see me. You can get more information at my website, atlantadermsurgery.com, or by calling 404 844-0496. I can't wait to see you. 
Dr. Mamina, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk about this topic because there is so much confusion over it and misinformation. So I'm so glad you are here to help set this straight. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's just all over social media bombardment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's just talk about it. So today we're talking about is sunscreen safe, right? And there's a lot of information out there. A, a lot of people, my friends, people I know, I'm sure your patients come to you and they say, well, but I don't want to use that. That's going to cause cancer. I read some reports that it causes cancer. But let's just first start off with the basics. What is sunscreen? The sunscreen is a product that contains an ingredient that can either absorb or block UV rays. And this can then prevent sunburns, skin cancers, other forms of sun damage, whether it's like hyperpigmentation, freckling, all those things, early signs of aging, wrinkling, depending on the type of ingredient. You know, there's physical sunscreens and chemical sunscreens, and usually they absorb the UV rays and that kind of blocks the UV rays from getting into the skin. The physical sunscreens do absorb UV rays, but they have some level of blocking the UV rays or reflecting it as well. So the mineral sunscreen examples are like zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. And chemical sunscreens, I usually like tell my patients or followers are like the words that you probably can't pronounce, like are just you've seen more foreign, avobenzone, oxybenzone, octocrylene, octanoxate, just more funny seeming words. Yeah, you really rolled those off your tongue though. So that was impressive. But yeah, the mineral ones are the easier ones to say, right? The zinc and titanium, those are the mineral ones. And people may also know what well, the mineral ones tend to have a reputation, right? For leaving a little more of a white cast, maybe not being as elegant, at least back in the day. I do think nowadays we've got a lot better mineral sunscreens out there, but that's a great breakdown of just the two different classes, right? Of sunscreen. And I know people kind of laugh that, or at least at me, it's like, I'm always, is proclaiming wear sunscreen and sun protect because I really think it's one of the most important ways we can keep our skin healthy. Forget about just anti-aging, right? It just helps prevent collagen breakdown and bruising and skin tears and all that. So that's why as dermatologists, we universally recommend sunscreen, right? But now we have a little bit of a problem because a lot of our patients are coming to us saying, is this really safe or I don't want to put this on my skin. So where did these rumors, these reports, come from that sunscreen is unsafe or causes cancer. I think there have been a few different areas where this these kind of rumors have arisen from. And I would say the biggest one was probably from 2021 when Valisure, which is like a third-party testing company, came out with this report. They tested like over 200 different sunscreens, 250 sunscreens. Like I think it was like 48 of them had detectable levels of benzene. And we know that benzene is a known human carcinogen. It's been linked with leukemia. And so that freaked so many people out. And then they automatically equated sunscreen equals cancer when really benzene was more of a contaminant. And that's what it was found. It was just a contaminant that was formed in somehow in the manufacturing process, something like that. And it just freaked people out. Really, we don't know the sunscreens that did have those like small detectable levels of benzene. We don't know if those would potentially do any harm. But because benzene is a scary word, it freaked people out. But benzene, you know, it's, it's so pervasive in our environment. It's found like car exhaust, gasoline adhesives, just a lot in our environment. I think that it's kind of like putting a lot of the blame on sunscreen as like people's health problems. I know that a lot of people came in worried about their sunscreen. And in that study, it was typically the aerosolized products, right? The sprays that tended to have 
the benzene contaminant. And just for everyone out there, it's a contaminant. This is not a known product that companies are putting in sunscreen. So nonetheless, it shouldn't be there, right? And I know we sell Elta in my office. They recalled their products. They tested them. And we don't really know, well, what's the safe amount of benzene? Because like you said, we're exposed to benzene all the time. But nonetheless, no one really wants to be actively putting it or knowingly putting it on their skin, right? But we don't necessarily know that. Would you have absorbed enough? And would you really have gotten cancer from that? Who knows? So how do you advise your patients who are worried about benzene in their sunscreen nowadays? Yes, well, they did have a list accessible. I think right now you have to like create an account with this website, Consumer Lab. So you could always access with a list of sunscreens that they found the benzene. And I would say that also they tended to, so mostly aerosolized, but also more so chemical-based sunscreens than mineral-based. So if you just want to be super safe, you can get mineral-based. But I would just say it's easier to access this list. Also, though, I think it was like a wake-up call for so many of these sunscreen companies. And they either like took them off the shelf, reformulated, like you said, with l and same we carried at our office too. And remember having to switch those out. So I think a lot of the companies really kind of took it into their own hands to make sure that they were releasing safe products and benzene-free products too. Absolutely. I remember that that list sometimes can be overwhelming on what's safe to use. And again, that it could change, right? If it was a problem in the supply chain, what worked right. in 2021 may not be okay in 2023, not to freak people out. But what I tell people is if you are really, really worried about it, then switch to a mineral-based sunscreen or don't use an aerosolized product. Just use a cream, a mousse, a lotion, don't use the spray. And I know the Valisher subsequently did some studies on other personal products, right? So like dry shampoo, again, it's aerosolized, had some benzene in it. So it seems like that some component of that was a high trigger. So if you are worried about that, then just forego the sprays, stick to the lotions, but don't forego your sunscreen, right? Because we know with so much data and so much research, the harm of UV radiation, the benzene can contaminant. It's kind of an unknown at this point. And while we want to try to avoid it, we don't want to avoid it at the cost of getting skin cancer, right? Some studies have shown that we absorb a lot of our sunscreen in our bloodstream. So there's that study where they measure the amounts of some of the chemicals in our sunscreen in our bloodstream, which I don't know about you, but as a dermatologist, we know that things we put on our skin are absorbed. That's why we use a lot of these products. But what are your thoughts on that study? Yeah, I mean, it pretty much said that it can, and it's mostly the chemical sunscreen ingredients can get absorbed into our bloodstream, but we don't know or have any data on the kind of negative effects of that. So even if it is, you know, our bodies have the right mechanisms in place to flush those ingredients out. So I know it sounds scary, like, oh my goodness, these chemicals are in our bloodstream, but we don't really have data that they're doing actual harm, at least in humans. There's no causation, right? We don't know, okay, because you have this, then something bad's going to happen. There's more studies, I'm sure they're going on as we speak, but it just shows, yes, it was absorbed. But again, dermatologists weren't super surprised by that because we do know that things that we put on our skin are absorbed. I guess 
Maybe the good news is people aren't really putting on enough sunscreen to to make a huge difference. But I will say for little ones, since you've got a little guy, we do worry, though, about increased absorption, right, in kids and babies. And that's one of the reasons why we don't recommend chemical sunscreens on infants, right? That's right. Yeah, like under six months of age. Yeah, I was going to say, I couldn't remember if it was six months or two <laughs> years. <laughs> I figured you would know more more than me. <laughs> so, there's some reports, some rumors that some sunscreens can also affect estrogen receptors and, and hormone imbalance. Is there any truth to that? Any validity to that? I think that that's based off of studies that were done on non-humans like marine species. And they were done at really high levels, like completely unrealistic high levels that, you know, we would not be exposed to as human. So that's reassuring. But yes, I can understand how that's disturbing because you hear that headline, oh yeah, they saw this endocrine issue in this animal species and automatically gets translated to, oh no, I'm going to like get breast cancer or I'm going to have thyroid dysfunction. So yeah, I guess it is something to still take note of. Yes, this was done. There have been some studies in animals and some of these studies are also conflicting too, but it's just something to keep in mind, but not something that should change the way that you use sunscreen, at least at this time. You have to think about the study. A lot of these studies, rats were fed an obscene amount of this and developed cancer or bad effects. Well, the good news is we're not eating it. We're not having that amount on us. Most of the time, we're putting it on a small fraction of our total body surface area. So again, we have overwhelming data showing the benefits of sunscreen versus some of these poorly designed or studies that aren't really relatable because they're in an animal model using doses that aren't comparative to what we actually use in day-to-day real life. So again, just kind of consider the source. Don't just read the headline or the clickbait. Actually look into what was the study and is it really legit? And this is where having a dermatologist in your corner who you see, you trust or follow, right? Because I know it's hard to sometimes actually see a dermatologist in person, but following someone with really good training in skin. And you have an interesting background. Not only are you an internal medicine doctor or dermatologist or dermatopathologist, but you've also gone on to do integrative dermatology. And so can you just tell us a little bit about that? Because I I think when people hear the word integrative, they think holistic and natural and and things like that. So I'd love to hear what your integrative dermatology training kind of taught you about sun protection. So with integrative dermatology, we really look at other, I guess, alternative forms of approaching skin diseases and skin health and looking at the evidence behind that and incorporating that into our current like evidence-based practices. So it's integrating kind of like the two fields, like conventional dermatology practice, and then looking at the alternative space, whether it's like Chinese medicine or Ayurveda, or looking at like other lifestyle factors and supplements, things like that. And what I thought was really cool about this fellowship program is that everything that we were presented, the faculty really tried to present as much evidence that would support these other approaches to skin health and skin diseases. So I thought that was interesting. And I think so many people, when I see a lot of this information, people are saying, oh, you can eat your way like out of like getting skin cancer. Like you don't need sunscreen. Like if you eat healthy, you don't get sunburned. As somebody who has a strong interest in taking an integrative approach to health, like I really appreciate that people are understanding that taking care of your whole body and like preventing cancer and all those things isn't just alleviated by like using a product. Yes, it's like you have to incorporate everything. You have to, it's important to get enough sleep, to to eat 
just nutritious, balanced meals and live stress-free life as much as possible. <laughs> All those things play a huge role in our immune system because what happens with skin cancer, you know, UV rays hit our skin cells and causes damage to our DNA. And it's our immune system that has the responsibility to repair that. So there are things that can affect our immune system in our everyday lives. So I do think it's important to have that balance. So where I come from as like an integrative dermatologist is still acknowledging those things, but also understand the strong evidence about UV rays, the sun, it's literally a form of radiation that will cause DNA damage, which then can in turn cause cancer. So, and we know that sunscreen can protect against this. There's just so many studies that support that. But yes, well, please also live a healthy lifestyle. And that's kind of like my mission is, is to acknowledge both sides. I love that. Well, I think you're doing an awesome job. And it's not one or the other, right? It's coming together. And I feel like in medicine now, there's really a push, at least I feel like among my colleagues and people I know, for preventative treatments instead of being reactionary. Exactly. And I think that's exactly taking a more holistic approach. Yeah, I, I am like such a minimalist with my skincare, but I'm a huge believer that you got to take care of your body. You got to yeah. exercise. You have to eat well. Don't smoke. Do these things. Take care of yourself from within and your skin's going to benefit from that. Every organ, right? But I find that too often, unfortunately, people feel like it's one or the other. They either are, oh, I'm Western medicine and I only believe in pills and creams or I'm Eastern and I medicine and I reject all that other stuff. But it's really actually the collaboration of the two that give you the biggest bang for your buck and the, the most impact. So, I love that you are certified in integrative derm and you can really bring that to your audience and your patients. That's awesome. I do a lot of skin cancer surgery as a most surgeon. And I really try to stress to my patients that we know the radiation, like you said, it's not just sun rays. It's actually radiation that is causing mutations in our DNA, in those DNA of our cells. And at least when I hear that, I'm just like, gosh, that doesn't sound good at all. And so really sun protecting is key. And another big thing I like to tell my patients about sun protection is that it's not just sunscreen. Of course, sunscreen is a huge component. If you really are super, super worried about what you're putting on your body and your skin, then be really vigilant by wearing a hat wearing long sleeves and they make really breathable fabric. It's not like wearing a wool coat or a turtleneck in the summertime, right? They have really breathable fabrics. Yeah, so that's another way to sun protect above and beyond sunscreen. But of course, sunscreen still has to be a mainstay if you really want healthy skin. Dr. Ronina, are there certain products we should look for in our sunscreens? And then conversely, I'd love to know, are there things we should avoid? Well, I would say that if you want to be super cautious and safe, and we kind of alluded to this earlier, and you, you know, you're like wary about sunscreens, I would at least consider mineral-based sunscreens like the zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. Consider those, but I would say that you could still wear any form of sunscreen. And I think that all sunscreens should be saying this. Make sure it says broad spectrum on the label. And I do recommend at least SPF 30. I do know that there have been some studies that have shown that if you are going to be outside for prolonged periods of time, higher SPF 
really do make a difference. There's a myth that say, oh, above 30 or above 50, it doesn't matter, but it does matter. And I think one of the big reasons it does matter is because people are really bad at reapplying. And also people may not be applying enough. So the higher SPFs do make a difference, especially if you're going to be outside of the beach. But I would say at least SPF 30 is for daily wear. That's great advice because I know it's hard to really put on the recommended amount or sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, (laughs) this is really a lot of sunscreen. So I usually tell my patients, if you're putting an SPF 30 on, you maybe are getting less than that in reality protection. So a 50, you'll get a little bit less than that. 100, but you don't have to go nuts. You don't have to look for 100 plus to get adequate sun protection if you're putting it on adequately and reapplying. And yeah, I totally agree. That's what gets people, right? They forget to reapply or they miss a spot. And again, that's why I love to pair it with sun protective clothing and hats and things like that. It's great advice too. Are there any things we should avoid in our sunscreens? Looking at sunscreen, you can use any sunscreen out there. We sort of talked about how the aerosolized sunscreens, the ones that were found, like some studies were found to have benzene or a slightly higher risk of having benzene. So I would be cautious about those. Now, if and I tell people, if that's the only sunscreen you'll wear, because some people love that it's just easy for them to apply, then please use it, you know, but I would just say if you are going to use it, just make sure that you're using enough too. But I guess if you were to avoid any, I would say that one, but there's not too many, I would say that are like red flags. Especially if you're following those three things you recommended before, like the, um, or two things, the broad spectrum. And that just means it covers UVA and UVB rays from the sun, which can both affect your skin. That's all that broad spectrum means. And then the SPF 30 or higher. You don't have to spend a lot of money. I get this question a lot. I'm sure you do too. What's the best sunscreen, right? And I just say the best sunscreen really is the one you're actually going to wear. And what feels good on my skin, you may not like that. And so it's not like there's a magic one. It's a lot of trial and error, to be honest, on what feel you like. What are your thoughts on tinted sunscreens? I'm definitely a fan of tinted sunscreens because, you know, we're seeing that the iron oxide component, which is what's helping with the tint, can also help with hyperpigmentation. And then also for people, it can, can double as makeup. So that's nice. My issue with tinted sunscreen, and so that's why I do this method called the double sunscreen method. But my issue with tinted sunscreen is that it can get kind of messy, like if you want to put it on your ears or your neck or your hands. So what I do is I, I wear like a non-tinted sunscreen on all those places, face, ears, neck, decollete, arms, hands. And then I'll go in with the tinted sunscreen because I personally deal with like hyperpigmentation and I don't want to wear foundation either. So like I'll go in with the tinted sunscreen just on my face. It's super individualized, but if you are struggling with melasma, hyperpigmentation, things like that, a tinted sunscreen, we're seeing more and more really good data showing that that is really helpful. My issue is that it usually makes me look orange, although I know, again, there are companies trying to formulate it, but I am super, super pale. And so it's just one that I haven't really found one that doesn't make me have an orange tint. But again, it's just trial and error. I'm willing to keep testing them out. But yeah, that's a great point. It does get tricky when you're putting it all over your whole body, right? (laughs) With the dent. What about babies and sunscreen? Just because you have a little one, do you have to get a sunscreen that says baby on it? Or are there other things we can look for? You don't necessarily have to. I would say because like you mentioned earlier, that their skin is more absorbent, that it's probably better to use a mineral-based sunscreen, just because we don't know like if the level, the chemical levels. I don't even know if the studies were ever done in babies. So yeah, but probably just better to be safe. (laughs) 
Yeah, and we just know their surface area is so much higher compared to their weight, right? But one thing I learned in residency was like, well, or when I actually, when I had little ones is that you don't necessarily have to buy the product that says baby, right? You just need a mineral-based sunscreen. Yeah, and then of course, keep them out of the, keep their little awning on, uh, have them put on a hat, like try to have some protective clothing um, for them as well so they, they don't get burned. I'm just gonna call out my parents who let me get a sunburn in Hawaii when I was about two months old. (laughs) But this was back in the 80s. So I I don't know. Maybe they didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, so can you leave our listeners with your top three takeaways about misinformation surrounding sunscreen and how they can know that they really are safe? Yes. So one really big point I really want to hone or I just really want to emphasize is that sunscreen does not cause cancer. All right. It does not cause cancer, period. All right. We know without a doubt that the sun causes cancer. There's not a lot of things that we have actually in medicine that say that this causes cancer. Like there's only a few things with definitive proof. And this is one of those. We have definitive proof that this, the sun can cause any cancer. So, so yes. So I just want you to know that. And I would say that just because sunscreen were found, some were found to be contaminated with benzene, it should not just encourage you to use sunscreen. You should not disregard sunscreen altogether. I feel like a lot of people are just throwing the baby out with the bathwater and just demonizing sunscreens. There are so many wonderful sunscreens out there. And then like you mentioned, other ways to protect your skin too, sun protective clothing, hats, those types of things. You don't stop driving your car because it emits gas that has benzene. You don't move out of your city because... Or go say, I'm never going to go outside. So yeah. And I would also just add like follow advice of skin experts. Find a dermatologist you resonate with, you relate to, who has good factual information and have them as your trusted go-to resource. Dr. Mamin, I know you are putting a lot of really great information out there, not only in the walls within your clinic, but on social media. Where can our listeners follow you and find out more about what you're up to? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. I go by Dr. Mamina. My handle is Dr.Mamina on Instagram and TikTok. And I also have a website, drmamina.com, with more information. Wonderful. We'll include all of that in the show notes. And it's really been a pleasure having you on. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. We'll see everyone next week. Take care. That's all I've got for this week's episode of the Skin Real Podcast, but here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help me and other new potential listeners to find my show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave me a review, take a screenshot and email it to info at theskinreel.com and I will send you a thank you free PDF on skincare truths versus hype because you know I love spreading the word of good, truthful skincare. And please be sure to share, share, share with your skin friends so that we can get the word out there about real skin. And until next time, remember, no matter where you are in your skincare journey, Always remember to love the skin you're in because real skincare from real experts can be real simple.